Before we begin, we'd like to thank the Amgen Ireland team for their generous sponsorship and continued support. Welcome to another episode of Oncology Spotlight. For today's episode, we are exploring the world of hematology. Thanks very much for joining us today. Um, to kick off, can you give us a brief introduction of yourself and your background, Jar? Yeah, thanks very much for um, giving me the opportunity to do this podcast. Um, so yeah, my, my name is Jar Walpole. I'm an advanced nurse practitioner in Sligo University Hospital. Um, I've been nursing for 30 years, um, 27 of which have been in hematology mm-hmm. oncology. Um, I trained at St. Vincent's University Hospital in Dublin and worked there for many years. And then my first job as a nurse specialist was in Galway University Hospital with um, Professor Ernie Egan and then Professor Michael Dwyer came back from America um, and I was his first CNS. So that was a really exciting time um, in Galway. Um, He was very popular at the time. And then I moved across to Sligo. in 2003 um, to set up the new hematology unit um, from scratch with Dr. Andy Hodgson, who I'm still working with now alongside Dr. Anya Burke. Um, and I was an AMP with them for, or sorry, a clinical nurse specialist with them for 16, 17 years. And for the last six years, I'm um, an advanced nurse practitioner. Very good, very good. And what, what inspired you originally to become a nurse? Um, it's something I kind of fell into, to be honest. My family are full of nurses. My, loads of my aunts were nurses. My sister was a nurse. And it really wasn't on my radar. I, I had applied to go to college. And then um, I went with my friend to do work experience in a hospital because she wanted to do a nurse, to be a nurse. And I um, went with her for the week. And I ended up loving it and um, deferring my college place and said I'd give it a, a try. And if I didn't like it, I'd go to college. And I never left. Cool, very good. And and, and why haematology in oncology? What what led you to that specialty? Yeah, so um, you know, when you're you're doing your training as a student nurse, you you move around all the different departments and um I liked you know most of them and you know, maybe intensive care I thought I really liked, but just the first week that I worked on my oncology um rotation, it, it just clicked, I said, This is what I want to do. Um I loved that you got to know the patient so well. You just didn't look after them and discharge them and never see them again or wonder what happened. Um, so, you know, you you saw them again and again and again. You got to know them. You got to know their families. And it was it was real continuity of care. Um, and, you you know, you had a great experience journeying with them on their cancer journey. Brilliant. That's That, that sounds really inspiring. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the work you're doing in multiple melanoma Ireland? I understand you're the chairperson there. Yeah, Multiple Myeloma Ireland. Um, so it's a, a charity that supports um, patients with multiple myeloma. Um, and we're a board made up of nurses, um, patients, um, carers and um, doctors. And we advocate and promote for patients with multiple myeloma. Um, even though it's this is about almost 380, 400 patients a year diagnosed with multiple myeloma in Ireland and people are living much longer. So we've lots of people with myeloma in Ireland, but still there's very little known about it. So we really want to promote awareness. We want to advocate for the patients. We want to educate them um, and provide education for them. So we facilitate that through Myeloma Ireland through various different um, campaigns and networks. Okay, great. Can Can you give me an example of one of the initiatives? Yeah, so um, well, we have uh, we've recently just rebranded and updated our website, um, and there's loads of great information up there. Um, once a year, we hold a patient and family day, 
um, where we bring all patients and their family members together in a different location, and you know, in Athlone or Dublin, um, for a day, and we provide speakers for them, and um, talk about all aspects of their diagnosis. So not just the treatment and the side effects, but psychology, di- dietetics, physiotherapy. We really, really promote living well with myeloma, um, and mm. that we make the best out of it because it, it is an incurable cancer still, um, and there's huge work going on to you know someday that it won't be but at the moment when you're told you have myeloma you've got an incurable cancer so we're trying to make it as um tolerable for for people and that they can live with it um we had our last patient day um in september and a wife of a patient said something to me that really really stuck stuck with me she said days like today are so important for us to meet other you know families that are going through the same thing she said because myeloma comes in the front door and it doesn't go out the back door Mm, and i just thought it was so you know so powerful um Mm. and that's that's the reality of it um during covid patients really struggled because they couldn't bring anybody into the hospital with them especially when they were being diagnosed and getting all of this information so there was a huge we noticed a huge void um of information out there and we have a a nurse supported helpline and so there's a number on the website and there's four nurses on the board and we take a year each with our number up there so my number was up there during COVID and um, it was a huge increase in calls to the, to the telephone. So we knew then that we needed to do something. So that's when we developed our own podcast series and we have a big podcast series on the website. Um, so that when, you know, if a husband's um, wife rang me and said, he came home and I, I don't know what he was told, I, I don't understand, you can talk to her and then you can direct her to the podcast. Um, we any of our uh, information days we put the talks up there we interview interesting cases and patients or um, doctors we put the interviews up there we have a medical writer um, and then we facilitate support groups all around the country so um, we have um, support groups in um, I think it's nine support groups we have and um, we give them money to help run them Mm -hmm. during the year and then the nurses facilitate them um, and usually we try where possible to have them outside of the hospital um, so that they're where, um, you know, it's separate to the sick part of it and that, yeah. that they can, you know, network network in more easily. And we do a lot of funding um, for, for grants and we give doctors research grants to do research in myeloma and then present it at our, our patient day. And in September, actually, the um, we're having our first staff nurse education day because we really feel that we need to start at the grassroots and we need to start encouraging nurses into hematology and, you know, explaining the situations and the diseases better to them. And then our biggest event every year is our annual cycle. It's called mm. the Wild Myeloma Way and that's on next weekend. Um, and it's in Sligo this year, which is great. It moves around all the time. And it's it's full up today. My phone was hopping all day with people looking to do it, and we we can't take any more people. And that's a huge awareness yeah. campaign. It's brilliant. Brilliant. How many people are on that? Seventy. Yeah. Seventy. Great. So we have to cap it at seventy for safety. We've patients as well doing it. We have doctors. We've um, friends in pharma, um, and then just members of the public and family members. So it's it's a great event. Two day event. Excellent, excellent. That, that, that that's brilliant. You know, for, for anyone listening to this, could you kind of explain multiple myeloma and um, you know, what are what's the t- typical patient, you know, and what what's their symptoms and how is it diagnosed, etc. So it's a it's a, a cancer of the blood and bone marrow, um, and mm. it's caused by um, 
an abnormal production of these things called plasma cells, which um, are normally your good immune system, but these are myeloma cells, they're, they're, can they're cancerous cells, and they originate in the bone marrow. So sometimes it's an incidental finding. Um, there's an abnormal protein in your blood called a paraprotein. So um, you might have some reason gone to your doctor and he may have checked a paraprotein because he had a hunch there was something wrong with you and we might just get a call to say, there's this man with a paraprotein of 20 grams, um, you need to see him. Um, or because it's a cancer of the bone marrow and bone marrow runs through the center of our bones, um, when the myeloma starts getting very active in there, it, it tries to explode out of the bone and it causes all these little holes in the bones or lytic lesions, um, which makes your bones weak. So you may present with just a fracture that you can't recall having an injury for. Um, mm -hmm. It can also affect your blood count, so you could have a low hemoglobin or, or be anemic, um, and it can affect your kidneys, so you might have a high kidney reading. So it's a bit of a, like putting a puzzle together. Um, somebody mm -hmm. has to have a suspicion, and then they start the process. Um, and usually the first thing will be to, to see, have you got this abnormal protein in your blood or urine? And then um, if you do, um, the next step would be a bone marrow test where we take off two pieces of bone marrow, a piece of the fluid called the aspirate, and then a piece of the bone called the trephine. And we look at that in in great depth and we look at the genetics of it. And that tells us an awful lot about your type of myeloma because everybody's myeloma is different and the genetic makeup of it is different. And that's really important that we know that so we know what drugs will work best for that patient. Um, and then we obviously image all their bones. So we do a um, CT scan or a PET scan of, of all their bones um, and various blood tests and then decide on the on the treatment plan. Okay. And is, is there a typical age profile, younger, older patients? Or? So it, it used to typically be um, more male than female uh, mm. and kind of men in their 60s, but we are definitely seeing a younger profile. Um, we're, st we're seeing all age groups. Um, we, say, we, like, we see people as young as their 30s and as old as their 90s. So the, the, the age profile is definitely... Um, changing okay is there any reason for that change that um, science is aware I think of? we might be getting better at diagnosing it I think mm -hmm. GPs are more are getting more education and awareness and um because we're seeing more myeloma we're thinking about it more um mm. and yeah I, I I suppose the population's getting bigger it's just yeah yeah now, have you seen any breakthroughs in the last 10 years or so in myeloma? Any new? Unbel it's, it's been unbelievable. It's been just so mm. exciting. Like 10 years ago, it, a diagnosis of myeloma was, was a tough diagnosis and the treatments were very, very limited. Um, mm. And at that time, the the average um, lifespan was five years, was the most you could hope to live. Um, in the last 10 years in particular, there has been like such an explosion of new drugs and research and development. Um, and it's really, really improved um, the whole landscape of, of myeloma. Um, as they produce the drugs, they're getting better every time. They're getting more tolerable. There's less side effects. Um, and now, I suppose, in, in the last kind of year or two, the two big um, groups that we're looking at are the bite therapies. Um, and the um, CAR-T therapy that everybody's hearing mm -hmm. about on the news. And we we now have a CAR-T therapy trial, clinical trial for myeloma opened in St. James's Hospital. So that's the first CAR-T um, centre in Ireland. Um, so that's that's brilliant. That's that, that's great news. And is do they, do they think CAR-T can actually cure it or is it, is it 
just um, maintenance therapy. And that's what they're they're trying to do. Who knows? Um, yeah. You know, it'll take it'll take time, definitely. Um, at the moment, um, it's uh, it's only available on clinical trial in a certain subset of myeloma patients. But I think we will see um, when it's approved. It's, it's a very expensive process. Um, we will see, I think, a lot more of it in the future and a lot more of these bite therapies. Um, and at the moment, there's a lot of these new treatments available on compassionate access. And the biggest issue is waiting for them to be funded. Um, mm. And we're using them in patients that have had a lot of other treatment, um, whereas it'll be really exciting to see when they are approved and used earlier on in the diagnosis. Um, I think they're going to have a great, a great effect. Brilliant. That's brilliant. How can healthcare professionals stay updated with the latest developments in haematology? You know, what do you do to stay up to date in, in, in haematology? Yeah, so you really have to keep, it's moving at such a pace, especially in myeloma, you really do have to keep up to date um, and it can be difficult. I think one of the um, few advantages of COVID was that um, we now don't have to go to every meeting and we, we don't have to travel to all the conferences. Um, all the online meetings, the webinars, the podcasts, there's so much more online that we can we can tap into and we can access. Um, we have a National um, Hematology Association of Ireland, which is a very mm. strong group and it's it's medical and nursing. And we work very, very closely together um, in nursing and medical. In, in hematology, it's, it's, it's very tight. Um, and we have an annual conference every year. And we run the medical and the nursing alongside each other um, so that we all get to meet for the weekend and network. And some of the medics will come in and talk to us and we'll go in and talk to them. Um, so mm -hmm. it's not just a nursing conference or a medical conference. Um, and then we have a separate um, spring um, nurses study day as well for people working in, in, in myeloma um, and other um, hematological um, disorders. And we all know each other. It's a small enough world. We all know each other very well. So if you ever have a problem with a patient, if you had anything you know that was tricky or you weren't sure of, you'll always have somebody that you can call. Um, and then, of course, we have these multidisciplinary team meetings across our hospital groups now. So any patient diagnosed with myeloma in Sligo is discussed at a MDT in Galway. And even though he may be under one consultant, 10, maybe 10 consultants will have discussed the case and decided on the treatment. So that's very reassuring for patients that they know that there's lots of people thinking and talking about them, that it's not just one person. Of course, yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, and, and what are some of the challenges for you as a nurse, you know, when dealing with um, yeah, so at the moment, um, there's lots of challenges. Um, it's staffing. Staffing is a big challenge um, and getting trained staff. The big break in COVID stopped training and development, stopped people going to college to do the, the higher diploma in, hemat in hematology nursing. Um, it's a really exciting area, but you have to really want to do it. So mm. um, it's retention of staff, of course. Um, and then it's, you know, trying to access drugs for patients, trying to get the best treatment for patients um, and to support them and advocate for them. Um, but I think through Myeloma Ireland, we're making great headway there because we're a strong organisation now and there's people power there. So um, that's really helping. And we're like submitting um, support letters to when they're trying to get drugs licensed in, into the, into the um authorities that, that are dealing with it so um so that's good and um I suppose 
it's it's a funny area, you know, you could go in in the morning with the best plan in the world of what you're going to do with your day and you meet one patient who's got bad news and it could take up three hours. And then it's, yeah. it's time management and prioritizing what, you know, what's important, where you need to be um, and what you need to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um, I'd say staffing and, and space, space and beds are the biggest challenges at the moment. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned, you know, you have the good relationship with the hematologists, the, the, um, the physicians. I'm just wondering, do you collaborate with other specialties as well, like oncology and, you know, pathology, et cetera? Yeah, we we liaise with um, a lot with um, endocrinology because we use a lot of steroids in all our treatments. Okay. Um, we'd obviously um, work very closely with oncology, but they're very separate specialties now. Um, we work very closely with palliative care. Um, mm -hmm. We use um, them a lot, even for symptom management. Um, we like to introduce the concept mm -hmm. early um, just for to help us sometimes at when pe people are diagnosed and their disease is very active, they have a lot of pain. So we'll use our, our colleagues in palliative care for a while and they'll go again. And they, they, mm. they, they may come and go several times on the patient's journey. So there's no big fear attached to um, to palliative care. Um, and we'd work with all the consultants, obviously cardiology, some of the drugs have cardiac effects. So we, we'd work we'd work closely with all of them. And then within our own team, um, our allied health professionals are really, really important. So our dietitian, our social worker, um, our pharmacists, like we deal with the pharmacists all the time, obviously. Um, so, and community pharmacies, I would deal hugely with community pharmacies because I run um, nurse-led oral anti-cancer um, clinics for myeloma patients who are on oral um, um, chemotherapy. So, yeah, we'd, we'd work very closely with our MDT and, and psychology as well. That brings me on to my next question. What kind of um, diet and exercise and, um, you know, uh, yeah treatments so beyond important. the pill would you recommend yeah it's so important um mm -hmm. and and that's why um that's why we say living well with myeloma um it's it, it's that we live with myeloma myeloma doesn't live with us i always tell mm -hmm. i always tell my patients you need to be in charge if myeloma gets in charge it's all over because your life will mm -hmm. be consumed with it um so you, you you need to live well with myeloma we really promote exercise there's so much research to show um, the benefits of exercise, even during transplant, gentle exercise. Um, there's big emphasis now on um, prehab. Um, so loads of our myeloma patients would have stem cell transplants. Um, anybody under 65, more or less, is offered it. And that's a very debilitating process. So we're trying now to prehab them, to have them in the best um, physical shape um, going into transplant because it, it really has been proven the benefits if, if they are in good shape instead of doing what we did years ago and wait for them to come out of transplant really weak and then you're trying to recover them um diet is really important um and then you know we have a cancer support center in sligo um and there's loads of them um, around the country and we really promote that they that they go in a veil of you know um, psychology counseling uh, biodynamic therapy reiki you know, just a very holistic approach that it's not all about the medicine and it's not all about the myeloma. It's, you know, giving them every help that that they need and that that will help them. Of course, of course. So I guess looking ahead, what do you see as some of the most pro promising developments or trends in the field of hematology? Is there anything in the pipeline that you're really excited about? Um, I think these new drugs that are all, you know, very close, very close to the, to the finish line that we are using at the moment, like I said, on compassionate access in advanced stage myeloma. I think it's going to be very exciting when we see them used 
earlier on, um, like a number of years ago, if you were if you had myeloma, you'd be getting what they said a doublet tr treatment. That would be two different treatments. We're now get, giving quadruple treatments. Um, so I think um, it'll be very exciting to see how CAR T goes, um, how the bites go. Um, I'd like to see a lot more clinical trials in Ireland for hematolo hematology patients and an equal access. So a lot of it at the moment depends on where you live um, because it would be impossible for somebody in Limerick to, or Galway or Cork or Sligo to go to Dublin every week for a clinical trial. So you'd like to see mm -hmm. more clinical trials, more funding for clinical trials in around the country and other centres. And I think I echo all my colleagues' um, wish on that. But um, I think, you know, research, development, clinical trials, um, and see how these drugs, you know, when they're used earlier, how they're, how they're going to, um, you know, impact. Yeah. And you mentioned genetic testing earlier on. Is that an important part of hematology? Hugely as well? important. Um, yeah, it is, Kevin, because like five years ago, you couldn't routinely get cytogenetics on every um, patient with myeloma, whereas now every patient gets it. Um, mm. But we don't have capacity in Ireland to do our own patients. Um, they were doing it in Crumlin, but it just got so big when everyone was entitled to it. So different hospitals have co have contracts with different people, different places. So some hospitals send it to Germany, some hospitals send it to the UK. Depends on where it goes. So the marrows are collected by courier and brought off. Um, it can take three weeks or more to for the results to come back. So obviously you would start treatment and then if cytogenetics gave you in more information that a different drug might work better, you may change. Um, but the, um, we, we would have gold standard kind of starting regimes for kind of every subset. So um, yeah, the genetics there, the, they tell us, you know, exactly the nuts and bolts of the myeloma what's what's going to work what's not going to work and it can predict how well you know how well um the patient is going to do if they've got high risk moderate risk low risk um and patients are much more knowledgeable um even the likes of myeloma ireland and the patient days and all of that it makes them very um knowledgeable which is great so they want to know that patients are now coming asking for cytogenetics and um, which i think mm. is brilliant um whereas a few years ago they wouldn't have known anything about it. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. For anyone who's interested in pursuing a career in hematology, whether it be nursing or um, as a physician, what advice would you give? Um, I'd say if um, you're anyway interested, try it. Um, it's mm. it's it's a it's a huge privilege to to work in hematology oncology. Um. You really get to know patients and their families. You become, you almost become part of their families. You get to know them so well, um, and you you go through all the ups and downs with them. Um, and there's so much success now. There's so many success stories. Like I'm, um, in Sligo since 2003, and there's still patients coming into the clinic that we would have given treatment to in 2003, um, oh. in hematology. So. It is very rewarding. It can be tough. Um, it's not for everybody, um, but you won't know unless you try it. Um, and it is, it's a very, very rewarding area and it's exciting. And um, there's lots of education and the pharmaceutical companies are brilliant at, you know, supporting meetings and trying to facilitate education for us. So it is an area where you are um, given lots of access to meetings and education. 
Excellent, excellent. And a final question, um, what advice would you have for any patients or caregivers um, who are listening to this? I always say try and normalize it. Um, don't, don't build a fear around it if you can. And that's easier said than done. Reach out and get as much information as you can because knowledge is power. Um, go to the likes of the, My the Myeloma Ireland website or the um, CLL Ireland website. Get the information. Talk to other people um, and educate yourself and don't be afraid because there's so much drug development out there. And it's really important for us. Um, the patients love, when I say to them, I was at a meeting last week, there's this new drug coming. They always want to know that there's more things coming if what mm. they're on doesn't work. Um, and there is there's great reason to have, you know, lots of hope um, at the moment because it, they're, they're really the, the drugs that are, are being produced are just amazing. The science that's going on behind them is just incredible. We're so fortunate with them. You know, our great scientists and, you know, all these people that are very important that probably aren't acknowledged half enough. We're handed the drugs to give, but there's a lot of work in the background. And, um, yeah, I would say to patients and to be happy with, you know, where, where they're being treated and that they're comfortable with, you know, their situation and that they look for as much information. And don't be afraid to ask for things. You know, um, you only get one one chance at, at doing it. So, if you want something in particular or you're worried about something or you want to talk to somebody else, that's absolutely fine. Okay, great. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time, Jura. And uh, we'll be sure to link to all of the, the resources you mentioned um, in the show notes. So they're there for any listeners that they can link, that they can click through to and, and um, learn more, especially uh, your work with Multiple Myeloma Ireland. Yes, yeah, okay. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Great, okay. 